What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday night. I had to process that for a second. This is the All About the Birds Wednesday weekly report on a Thursday night. Um, but we'll tell you why that happened in just a minute or two here on the AAT Sports Network. That is all authentic talk. Um, I am Chip. This is Johnny U at Johnny U9322. Mike Bauer, that, wait, that corner. I got to get the corners right. Mike Bauer at Rewind CEO. And we are joined tonight by a very special guest out there in Mountain Time. Um, it might be nine o'clock here, but it's seven o'clock somewhere. This is Eric Dalala. He is a Broncos reporter. He is the lead writer for Broncos.com. He is the co-host of the Neutral Zone on the podcast, of the Broncos Podcast Network. Eric, thank you so much for joining us tonight, my friend. Thank you, guys. And, you know, I, I was just happy not to see the Broncos loss from 2017 to the Eagles in that little montage to start because I think you guys ran out of fireworks that day. Yeah, don't worry, though, because um, I did post – the one highlight two days ago, but on sa either Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning, our time, of course, um, <laughs> there will be a Broncos Eagles pump up thing. I always put something together where I mash all the highlights, little clips from all the games through the histories. And I'll put, usually it's all Eagles related. So it's more, yeah, sure, 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 sure. it's all, you know, good place for the Eagles, but you may see a couple plays in that one. That was uh that's the only time I've been to uh, the link as I think you guys call it. And it, it was we do, a we long, do. Long day. It. I mean, for you, we had a oh, great true. day that day. Um, we. I. We don't play each other enough, so we are excited to you know be joined by the Broncos tonight because we are the only two franchises that were lucky enough to have Brian Dawkins play for us. Um, Brian Dawkins is legendary in Philadelphia. He is my all-time favorite Eagle. Um, and he played a couple years for the Broncos. So good for you guys. <laughs> I'll never forgive them. I'll never forgive the front. I'll off. never forgive you. I'll never forgive never. Joe Banner for that one. Uh, but I'll tell you never. what, we we haven't we have an Eagles Broncos game this weekend. Um, it is a 425 game, which is what is that 130 mountain time for you guys? Um 220, yeah. Something I I can't hit. Like we're like one and four. Those are the game times, and you guys are like, nah. <laughs> 247 we're playing football you uh, uh it's a great <laughs> I, I grew up on the east coast coming out to the mountain time zone it is a great time zone to watch sports you wake up there's college football at 10 a.m there's an nfl game at 11 every night game is done by 9 30 i mean it's it's great Sign me up. that's great that's brilliant so eric i can tell you're one of these like glass half full kind of guys because you just took like my shade that i was slapping you around with you were like nope Positivity. Here I, it is. <laughs> I felt the same way as you guys before I moved out here, and then once you once you experience it, yeah, I man. I mean, man, you go back to the East Coast and you try to watch a World Series game or something, can't do it. Oh man, uh, we got a, a lot of great comments rolling in. Make sure you keep the comments rolling in. So Adam's checking in. What's up, Adam? We got JD from the D Drippy Network checking in. Let's go. Yes, you're here. Finally, he apparently was on Mountain Time too. All right, enough Mountain <laughs> Time jokes. Let's get into this, Eric. We are playing an Eagles Broncos game this weekend. Talk to us a little bit about your Denver Broncos. Who, by the way, thank you um, for beating the hell out of Dallas for us this past weekend. We enjoyed when they um, cut to a more competitive game here on the East Coast. We loved that. So, talk about your team this year—the ups, the downs. What's the overall expectance expectancy of this team moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody really knows. The the Broncos started three and zero. They beat the Giants, the Jags, and then the Jets. They shut them out at home, and people were kind of riding high, even though none of those teams had won a game at the point when the Broncos played them. And then you kind of go into a more competitive slate against the Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, and Browns, and you lose all four. And, and really, that Browns game was probably the most demoralizing, just because Case Keenum started at quarterback. Uh, both of the top two running backs were out. Um, I think Jarvis and OBJ both played, but some of these defensive players were gone too. And you go and you're kind of like, you've got to stop this three-game losing streak. And then Case Keenum, the former Broncos quarterback, beats you. And, and there were just a lot of questions about what direction this team was headed in. And then even after an ugly win against Washington two weeks ago, that was still kind of the sentiment. And you go down to Dallas and nobody is expecting the Broncos to win, me included, everybody in the local media. Nobody thought that the Broncos were going to be able to do this. And they didn't just beat them. Like you said, it was not close. The Broncos were up 30 to nothing with four and a half minutes to play. Uh, Dak Prescott couldn't do anything really. I mean, the Broncos just shut them down. And so that game alone, I think, just kind of changed expectations of what could happen. You know, I think people were thinking, well, let's look ahead to 2022. What what are the, What is the team going to do at quarterback next year? They traded away Vaughn Miller. You know, it's kind of time to just see what happens moving forward. And this win over Dallas, it just changes the whole mentality here. And I think fans have gone from really angry and upset back to saying, hey, we could make a playoff push this season. Let's see what happens. So you mentioned the defense and what they did last week to the the Cowboys. You know, what do you think they can do against, you know, Dallas is a potent offense with all the weapons that they have. You know, against a Jalen Hurts-led offense for the Eagles and what the Eagles have been doing the last few weeks with running the ball. How does the defense of Denver stack up, and how should you you think that they're going to try and defend this Eagles offense? Yeah, I mean, I think after that Browns game, I would have been terrified because the Browns ran for, I think, 190 yards. Um, the Broncos starting two inside linebackers are out for the season. They were playing a couple of practice squad guys. It, it did not go well. And then they traded for Kenny Young, who started for the Rams at inside linebacker, and he's kind of shifted everything for the Broncos and a third round pick Baron Browning who went to Ohio state. He's finally healthy and stepped in there and the run defense has finally, I think, turned the corner for the Broncos. And so that's maybe a good sign uh, facing this Eagles team that, as you said, runs the ball really well. The way they played the Ravens back in week four is kind of how I think they'll approach this game, which was they stopped the run. They kind of, they didn't really rush Lamar as much as they did just kind of get upfield and try to hold him in the pocket. And they essentially dared him to beat the Broncos with his arm. And he did that. So, you know, it didn't, it didn't work out for Denver, but uh, they're going to rely on this highly paid secondary. Uh, Kyle Fuller from Chicago came over Ronald Darby, um, who I know you guys know well, uh, he's played much better in recent weeks. I, I've done a couple uh, interviews this week and the, the Ronald Darby uh, response has been, has been funny to say the least, but uh, Pat Sertan is, is probably the best corner. He, it doesn't sound like he's going to play this week based on the early injury report, but we'll have to see what happens. But to make a long answer short, uh, I think they're going to dare Jalen Hurts to beat him with their with his arm. And that's a little scary to me because the Broncos secondary did give up a lot of deep passes early this year. They've kind of slowed that down as of late, but certainly still a threat with a guy like Smith there. Just out of curiosity, you said that's scary to you. Have you ever watched Jalen Hurts throw a football? Because <laughs> um, I don't think you actually have anything to be scared about. So I, I asked uh, our Chargers guest last week this. I'm going to ask you the same thing. 
does this project as a trap game to you? And the reason I'm asking is this. So I have your schedule up on my screen over here. You have us this week. Obviously, we're not a good football team as much as I hate to say it right now. We're not. I do feel that we're improving in some areas. You have the bye week. And then after the bye week, you have the Chargers and the Chiefs. So two very pivotal divisional games coming up after your bye. Does this look like a trap game to you? Yeah, I mean, I think it profiles as one. It's less about the Chargers and the Chiefs to me as it is about just getting to the bye week because the Broncos, both the starting tackles look like they're going to be out. I mentioned Pat Sertan could be out. Um, they're missing Bradley Chubb, their top rusher, who hasn't come back off IR yet. I mean, they're beat up. I think they had nine guys who didn't practice yesterday, six guys today. So the thing that worries me is could guys look ahead to having a week off, getting the rest up? But I've talked about that this week with a, a couple of the people that work for us, and the sense I get is this team hasn't done enough, the Broncos, that is, to kind of to be able to view this as a trap game. I mean, it was two weeks ago that they were on a four-game losing streak, it, you know, they were able to beat the Cowboys definitively, but they the, the Washington game was not a game that they ran away with. Kind of a weird offensive series at the end. They almost blew it. So I don't know that the Broncos have proved enough to even have the right to say this is a, a trap game. And I think the attitude from a guy like Teddy Bridgewater has been, you know, let's not go back to that place we were. And so I do think they're going to take it seriously. But that said, I, I think this is going to be a tight game for most of the game. I don't just think the Broncos are going to run away with it. I don't. I don't know that they have enough, you know, they're, they're so beat up that I don't know that that's going to happen. So it's, it's interesting to me that you mentioned that the Dallas game was kind of a, a turning point for what people expected out of this team, because, you know, you look at the quarterback situation and I go, well, is Teddy Bridgewater your quarterback of the future? Because Drew Locke was going to be the guy and he seems to be falling out of favor by the second. Um, we won't even talk about Brett Ripon or Ripien or, <laughs> rip one off or I don't, I don't know. Hey, uh, Chip, Boise State. I, yeah, I know, Johnny. You know every college known to mankind. We know. Um, and then you trade Von Miller, so it almost seemed like the fire sale was beginning. And then the defense played better than it ever had this season when Von Miller was no longer on. How do you, how, how do you change expectations when it seemed – it was trending towards the let's kind of phone the season in and see what happens. Well, I think one thing to note is that there was a report that the Saints tried to trade for Teddy and the Broncos said no. So that was kind of a, you know, a statement that they weren't ready to completely mail it in. Um, some teams, I think, called about Kyle Fuller probably. They weren't willing to part with him, even though he hadn't played much at all. I think he played four snaps over the last three weeks before the Cowboys game. Um, so they weren't fully kind of mailing it in saying this season's over the Vaughn trade. I think it was just the value was too good to pass up a second and a third for a guy that might not have come back anyway. It would have been hard to re-sign with all the other players that they need to do contracts for. And then just the, I mean, I know it's hard for Broncos fans to hear, but the fact of the matter is, is that Vaughn was really good at the beginning of the season. And then over kind of the last two or three games, two and a half games, really, he didn't have the same production. And so it's not quite the drop-off. I mean, it's a drop-off in name value for sure, but just in terms of pure play, Malik Reed, Jonathan Cooper, those guys, I think we're doing about the same sort of stuff on the field. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for giving young guys an opportunity to go out there and prove themselves and say, hey, I can be the next big thing here in Denver. And it worked the last couple of weeks. So you talked about Von Miller and, you know, the linebackers and, you know, Malik Reed and Cooper – 
you know, with that that linebacker situation and the edge rusher situation, you know, it seems to be very fluid. You know, losing Von Miller and then injuries to Chubb and Alexander Johnson and Mike Kaiser and Josie Jewell, and then you have the additions though of Stephen Weatherly from Minnesota and then Kenny Kenny Young, like you had mentioned. And I know they signed to the practice squad Avery Williamson, and you know, how does that impact the defense philosophy? So, because you know, my take on it is Weatherly, Weatherly played really, you know, to me played really well, and he. It, give another veteran in there what is the philosophy now with some of these guys that they're they're adding yeah i mean well i think with the weatherly and the young it was more they just they needed bodies because josie jewel was out for the season earlier in the year alexander johnson gets hurt um i think against the raiders if i'm remembering properly and then yeah a guy micah kaiser he claimed off waivers he gets hurt against cleveland um you have a couple other guys get banged up and, and you're down to those two practice squad guys and so I don't know if it was a shift in philosophy, but th- there was something to be said for, I think that week showed the Broncos were still in it for the season because it was after week seven, all those linebackers are hurt. Von Miller goes down and you say, well, you could just sign people off practice squads, right? I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. You could have just said, we're going to give young guys a chance. And George Philly Payton, way. <laughs> while, while, while George Payton, the Broncos GM, he made two trades and they, they were for late round picks. Granted, I think a sixth for young and a, a swap of sevens for Weatherly, but there's still something to be said that he went out and made trades and tried to get quality players. And so a lot of this all year, I think is just about evaluating where this team is. It's Peyton's first year as GM. They'd like to make the playoffs. They think they have a good enough roster to do that, but you've also got to see, you know, like Bradley Chubb, for example, they picked up his fifth year option, but they've got to decide, do you extend him at some point? And when he comes back from injury, do you want to see him playing with a bunch of practice squad guys and non-competitive games? Or do you want to see him, you know, in games that matter in December where the team has a lead and he can rush the passer. I mean, otherwise you're, you're making a decision about your future without all the information. And so I think part of it was that is just making this roster competitive enough that you can find some answers here. So I'm sure you haven't listened to the show before. I'm usually the negative. I apologize. No, it's okay. I'm usually a negative. I'm actually going to say something positive here for once. And these guys are going to think I'm crazy but hear me out. I actually think our defense is starting to come together. And by that, I mean, I think, oh my God, I'm full speed. <laughs> I think, um, we're, we're starting to finally see what Gannon wants to do. I just don't think he has the players to do it yet. Um, Harry Roseman refuses to draft a linebacker and we're paying the price for it. Apparently uh, I did hear that Jim Schwartz really pounded the table for Patrick Queen. Uh, we can see how that worked out. We got Nate Gary instead. Thanks for that. So our defense is coming together. How can this defense that allowed all these quarterbacks to complete over 80% of their passes? I mean, Justin Herbert was just getting it out quick, 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 quick. How can we defend against Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, Albert O. I'm not going to try to say his last name, but you know who I'm talking about. So how can we slow down this offense? That didn't sound that positive. I mean, it started positive. It, I did say it wasn't great. It, it wasn't great. That's why you're back on the main screen there, Eric. <laughs> For me, that's very positive. You could ask John. <laughs> you know, I think the Broncos do have a chance to be really successful because of the completion percentage. I think I saw 80% of passers have, or excuse me, five passers this year have completed more than 80% of their passers. And, and on our history, I think there was only five total, like wow. before this year. In yeah. 70 years, he's right. Oh, my gosh. And, and Teddy, as you guys know, he just he completes passes like crazy. I think he's third in the NFL in completion percentage. He's okay. also been throwing the ball down the field. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if there's one thing to be concerned about for the Broncos, it's the offensive line. Um, Garrett Bowles and Bobby Massey are the starting tackles. They're both, it looks like, going to be out this week. Uh, Graham Glasgow is starting guard. He's out for this season, so you're going to have a rookie and Quinn Miners uh, playing there. He's the guy that was chopping down trees in the draft process and shows his I, stomach. And I remember he's, that. He's so, a funny guy. So you're telling me that Javon Hargraves, Fletcher Cox, um, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, these are going to be the keys to the game for the Eagles, getting after Teddy Bridgewater, you know, forcing bad throws, hopefully hitting some guys in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's a path for the Eagles defense to be successful, I think it's that. Just because I think Teddy's been sacked 29 times uh, already, which is – I think 31st or 30th in the league. I mean, it's not good. Um, and he's been hit a bunch more times. He has been good throwing against the blitz, so it's not like he's just hopeless back there. But um, certainly some chances where the Broncos will have a nice play and then a sack sets him back and uh, they don't haven't been able to recover. Uh, but they, I mean, in general, the offense is kind of finding its stride. Jerry Judy came back two weeks ago and he's, I mean, people were so excited about him coming to this year and he's showed why. Um, a quick quick stat there. They've been about 55% on third down in the three games with Judy on the field. They're at 22% in the six games without Judy. So that just kind of shows how much attention he draws. Um, but yeah, but between him, Fant, I, I mean, Albert O, I think, is the Okwebunam is how you, how you say his last name. He, he might be even more impressive this season than Noah Fant. He's a, a monster. And then Javante Williams, the rookie running back, he just won rookie of the week. Um, he, you're not going to stop him with one guy. And so, no. um, the, yeah, the, the Broncos do have a lot of weapons. It's just a matter of, can that offensive line play well enough to give them a chance to, to make something happen? Okay. So it's, it's so interesting that you mention all of the offensive weapons, because I mean, that to me is the, the biggest concern. Um, you mentioned Noah Fant coming back. I, I tend to be the guy that focuses on the tight end and fullback position. Cause you know, I'm a purist. Um, what was the connection between Bridgewater and Fant kind of before Fant missed a couple of games? Uh, because uh, the Eagles defense, due to our linebacking issues, and as JD's saying, you know, the, the Trotter curse still in full effect, and he's absolutely right. We don't have linebackers that can cover. Now, it's gotten better since we, we sat some players, but it is Noah Fant the player that's going to have the, the breakout game this week? And if not, who is it going to be? Yeah, you know, Fant, I think, has, um, he's frustrated Broncos fans a bit at times because he was supposed to be this this physical tight end. Um, he's certainly fast when you get him in space, but a lot of the time this year he's been throwing the ball short of the sticks and has gotten tackled short of the sticks, and people have been begging him to break that tackle. Albert O has kind of been that guy the last couple of weeks who's broken the tackles, who's been able to catch the ball down the field, stretch the field, uh, which the Broncos have really missed since K.J. Hamler uh, towards ACL back in week three, they haven't had that kind of like dynamic stretch the field uh, type player. But I'll be interested to see, does Noah Fant respond after watching the last game and seeing Albert O play so well? Does he say, okay, I'm going to come out and have my my best game? Because the thing, to, the thing with Noah Fant is you'll know quickly if he's going to have a big game. Because if he has a couple of catches in the first quarter, he'll have seven or eight throughout the game. He'll push 100 yards. He'll catch a touchdown. And if he's not targeted early in the game, like say say you get to halftime and he doesn't have a catch yet, that's when I feel like you tend to see a penalty pop up, you know, a holding call or a false start, or you know he, he's just not as involved. And when they get him involved early, he starts to roll. But if they can if they can slow him down earlier in the game, 
might get away with one there. So he's he's one of those players that he has to be invested and interested in order to be successful. Yeah, and you know, I, I think some of it, like a few weeks ago, they played the Steelers and they needed to keep him in to block against TJ Watt. And so there just wasn't a lot of opportunity to get him out in the passing game. But Noah's strength is not necessarily, and he would tell you this, like he's gotten better at run blocking, but it's not his strength. He needs to be coming across the field in space, catching the ball, have some room to run. And so when they're not able to use him in that way, and it'll be interesting to see this week, my, my impression is that the Eagles get pressure more from the interior of the line rather than outside. And so maybe there's a way to maybe they don't. occasionally, occasionally, <laughs> I want to be very clear that last week against the chargers, not only was Justin Herbert, like a hundred percent completion rate. And it was only 85. Sorry guys. I didn't want to exaggerate. Um, zero sacks, zero hits. Wow. His jersey was as clean as it was when he put it on the first half. That's not entirely true. He did run and got tackled. So that he <laughs> that did technically get right. I apologize. I exaggerated again. I'm being positive today. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's that's a, a reason Noah Fan might be more involved in the passing game if you don't have to chip somebody off the edge. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the rush, Teddy holds the ball a little bit at times. Um, likes to look for that down the field throw and kind of go through his progression. So they'll have to hold up in there. Yeah. I think that's going to be the big part of it is, you know, to be able to rush Teddy, to be able to, if even if they, if they bring a blitz or two or whatever they do to be able to get home, you know, put pressure on him, you know, impact his throws because, you know, you want to bring up the completion percentage. Teddy Bridgewater isn't Justin Herbert. So you know, don't compare the two because they're totally two different quarterbacks. So, and, that, and that's one one thing for me is looking at the Eagles defensively, if they can stop the run and make basically Teddy drop back and throw it where the where the defensive lineman can pin their ears back and rush against a you know really beat up offensive line. Like you said, the key is the Eagles defensive line. And I feel that that's gonna be a huge key because you know, guys like Calvin Anderson and Cameron Fleming, you know, they're not real heralded names, but Hopefully, when Eagles when Eagles play backups, um, our other uh, co-host Jeff mentioned it in one of our chats earlier today. Um, it may it may may uh, pose well for your bron- uh, Broncos because when the Eagles play backups, they seem to uh, not fare very well. Uh, it's been a lot this year, so um, I don't know how confident you are with that, but maybe I'm giving you a little confidence boost. Yeah, I just think the the communication to me is the biggest thing because you've got a second-year center and Lloyd Cushenberry, and then you've got a rookie next to him, Cam Fleming, like you mentioned, hasn't – I think he's played barely – the last last week was their first snaps of the season. And so when you're bringing different pressures and you're moving guys around and you're using stunts, can they pick everybody up? We've seen some times this year where it's happened more often than it should, where a free rusher has just come through. I mean, Micah Parsons last week, there were a couple times when he just was unblocked and had a straight shot at Teddy. Can't happen this week. And it won't. I mean, we don't have the guys that can do that. Um, it's just that. All right. So we know that you have a couple of things that you yourself need to do this fine evening. So we're going to kind of go rapid fire here. Uh, we had a question earlier on from Adam. And Adam would like to know, Eric, who is your all-time favorite Bronco? Wow. Um, I didn't, I'm not from Denver. I didn't grow up a, uh, a Broncos fan. But um, I'll tell you a guy, Steve Atwater. He works with us now. Just got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, hit people incredibly hard, but it is also just the nicest guy. I've really enjoyed getting to know him, and 
um, was long overdue for him to get in the Hall of Fame. So I'll go. I'll go with Steve, and then uh, a more a current guy that I like, Justin Simmons, also a great guy off the field, uh, really good player, fun to watch. Um, so a couple of safeties there for you. All right. Um, one of my questions is because I know you covered the team um, when you guys were out of quarterbacks. Um, That's true. About, about a year ago. Um, what were your thoughts on the Kendall Hinton um, quarterback experiment? I mean, it was, inter- it was entertaining, right? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> good for the team, but the Broncos were pretty much out of the playoff hunt. And so it was kind of like, oh, we're witnessing history here. And uh, Kendall Hinton has become kind of a, a decent receiver. He had the the catch that set up the uh, a touchdown to go up 27-0 against the Cowboys. He's uh, returned a few punts, scored a touchdown that almost tied the game against the Steelers. I mean, Kendall Hinton's become a nice a nice player in this league. But, yeah, that whole that whole week was bizarre. <laughs> He's the Greg Ward of the Broncos. I was just going to say, Greg Ward would be our emergency quarterback. I mean, there, there are yeah, people it better be a put... real emergency to, to, to put Greg Ward. All right, so – I also have to ask because you mentioned decent NFL players. Um, Johnny's favorite football player of all time is currently a Denver Bronco. What are your thoughts on Adrian Killens? He's not my favorite football player. <laughs> he might be. He might be. He's, not, he's not really a Bronco right now. I mean, he's he think he's on IR. He might have been he is. injury settlement. I mean, he he was on the roster for a couple of days, Max. I, I can't say I have a lot of insight to offer on Adrian Killens. He's small, right? <laughs> One carry small for negative fast. 12 yards. One yeah. carry, negative 12 yards. Um, all right. So all, all jokes aside and now Johnny's angry at me. Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> um what uh? What do you think is going to happen in this game? Give me some some big predictions. Give me a game prediction, a score prediction. What's going to happen on Sunday at one thirty six in the afternoon? Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's going to be tighter than you guys think. Certainly, just because I don't know that the Broncos are blowing a lot of teams out, even against the Giants, the Jaguars. I mean, they were those were tight games through halftime. Um, I think the Broncos offense might come back to earth a little bit. And so if they could get to, you know, 10, 14 points in the first half, that'd be, that'd be great. But I do think both teams are going to kind of hang around for a while. It's going to be not perfect football. I do think toward the end of the game, the Broncos will pull away. Um, I think a, a score projection, maybe 27, 17. I think that the Denver defense will be able to stop the run. I think they'll have a little bit more success against Jalen Hurts than they did against Lamar Jackson. Those, you know, no disrespect to Jalen Hurts, but those guys are in different categories, I think, right now bit. in their careers. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, I am a little bit worried, like I mentioned earlier, that the Eagles have an opportunity to, to test the Broncos deep, and obviously those passes can change the complexion of a game. So I'll have to see what happens there. But, yeah, I think a tight game for a while. Um, Broncos pull ahead. I do think the tight ends are going to be a big factor uh, for the Broncos, because I know last week the Chargers just took advantage of that again and again and again. Yes, they uh, did. <laughs> it's on so film. I uh, I would not be surprised either if Teddy becomes the sixth quarterback to go over eighty percent, just based on how he plays. God, I, I hate, I hate. All right, so that leads us into the Uleka Lock portion. You have to make a prediction about something that can happen. It doesn't have to be an Eagles Bronco prediction, although you kind of just snuck one in there. I got you. <laughs> 
Uh, I will say that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and just be, you know, absolutely tear up. I think they play the Seahawks, right? It doesn't really matter they who do. they play. Um, he seems mad. You can argue if it's for good reason or not, but I think he's going to come back and just ha- go off. <laughs> it's, a, it's a side effect of the COVID. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. So you're predicting an Aaron Rodgers big game and definitely a win for the Packers. Yes. All right. All right. Um, that's a good one. That, that's a solid one. It's it's re- it's kind of non-committal, but also committing at the same time. It's 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 a very uh, midwestern response. Re- respect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, first, I mean, again, we want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything that you would like to promote? Shout out, share. I mean, you have the floor. It's all you. No, I mean, if people want to um, follow for game day, that's my Twitter handle there at Eric Delala, and then uh, DenverBroncos.com is where all our our content is. If people have any interest in in a Broncos perspective, but appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun doing this. Yeah, man. Um, so again, Eric Delala, Broncos reporter, lead writer for the Broncos.com. He is the co-host of Neutral Zone on the Broncos Podcast Network. And he is an awesome dude to talk to. I, I really enjoyed this tonight, my friend. I know. I wish we uh, wish we played you guys more often. We'll see you in four years, I guess, right? Yeah, right. See you see you in four years. Well, Actually, he dropped an actually. Actually, though, because next year, uh, won't, the the, won't the Eagles have to play? They play somebody who don't they play like the year prior. Isn't that like with the with AFC division, they play an extra game. So if yeah. the Broncos and the Eagles finish in the same record or not same record, same division placing, I think they play in Philly next year. Last time the Broncos played in Philly was the year we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Boom. See you next year, buddy. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right, Eric, man, we want to thank you for coming on tonight. And uh, we're going to say go birds. We're going to keep talking, but enjoy your dinner. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you, guys. (laughs) See you this weekend. Um, Wow. So a lot of awesome information from Eric, man. Whoa. Just a nice guy. What a nice guy. No, I thought it was, you know, very insightful to be able to, you know, give us the information that like, that's why I like doing this. I am the enemy thing. Yeah. You get a lot more information, especially from someone who actually covers the team. You know, we can look and research, but you know, someone who's on the inside and someone who's actually really diving into it, you know, gives us a lot of insight to help us, you know, make better picks. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just leave it this way. Cause I know Mike's going to want to talk about it, but Mike made one hell of a prediction last week. He was actually spot on to the, the uh, prediction. Hold on, let me give him his let me give him his props here. Let me give him his props here. Should have put money on it. You did not. I didn't. I usually don't bet the birds, you know, that's one of those things. But I did pick the Chargers 27-24. I do want to just talk about one thing from that past game. That TJ Edwards tackle on Keenan Allen on fourth down was Fantastic. Like we have something here in TJ Edwards, and I'm not going to sit here and say that he is the answer at linebacker, but I think he is a piece to the puzzle for sure. And I think he needs to be on this team in some capacity because he's he's cl- clearly valuable. He right now, to me, is the only competent linebacker that we have. Johnny, you and I were talking the other day, Alex Singleton grading out worse than Nate Gary was last year. Alex Singleton becoming a forgotten about player, except on special teams. Like he's not even getting reps on the field during defense anymore. He's getting that's a big tell to me. But Davion Taylor, 
he was not okay. So the the Tampa Bay game was Davion Taylor's worst game as a professional. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just Tom Brady was picking on him all day. I thought he kind of held his own this past week. I mean, there's still going to be some mistakes, but he had the one flop when Eckler uh, kind of juked him. But again, I mean, he's, it's Austin Eckler. Austin yeah. Eckler's pretty damn good. But you know, I do see some some signs here of life. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm not saying you know defensively. Gannon blitz 30% of the time, his highest blitzing percentage of the season. So I'm seeing some things trending. And look, whether we like Gannon or not, and a lot of people don't like Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni and, and Jonathan Gannon are going to be here next year. I can almost guarantee that. So I, yeah, I, 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 so. I hold on. I, I'm I'll own this one, Johnny. I, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to pounce on that one. I okay. am going to say I actually agree, Mike. Sirianni will absolutely be here 100%. And it's for a very simple reason is that he is trending on the more correct path, right? He, he struggled adjusting. with the whole like, right, he's adjusting. He's finally adjusting. It was the, well, I'm not going to run the football. I'm going to pass, pass, pass. Okay, now I'm going to run the – so he's making the adjustments to be a little better um, based on the, on the personnel. Jonathan Gannon, you mentioned that he blitzed 30% of the time. That's, that's great. Um, but it's not a blitz to me if it's not effective, right? If yeah. nobody gets to the quarterback, I'm not counting it as a blitz. I'm just counting it as a bunch of guys running around the field totally unprepared. And you hear people like, you know, Javon Hargrave going, uh, I don't know. I'm not the defensive coordinator. I'm not going to make that call. Again, there's a lot of dissension in the ranks of players that are going to be here next year. Um, if Gannon continues down the path that he's on, which is allowing – and being the worst defense in NFL football history, there's not a chance he comes back. Okay. But he'll but be the scapegoat. He'll be the head on the pike. But the other thing you have to realize is the last three games, since they inserted TJ Edwards and Davion Taylor to be more uh, the percentage of the snaps, 3.6 yards per carry. That's third in the NFL the last three games. So they're stopping the run now. And the, I will the other, say this, though. Oh, sorry, Johnny. Go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. I'm excited. Well, when, when you talk about – uh, what the defense is doing, the blitz is not coming home. A lot of that, you know, that is on the players. Like, I, I went and, and I, I rewatched this game. Uh, why? <laughs> because yeah, why? that sounds like torture. Why? <laughs> well, I, especially defensively. I wanted to watch defensively. Why? <laughs> there, you know, you can watch it, and there are a lot, like what Mike was saying, there are bright spots. There are some, I think, Few far between, but they're there. But, but no- they're there. But the other thing is what I heard Darius Slay say is he can uh, play whatever – if he wants to play press press man, if he wants to play back, you know, he makes those calls too. He even said that in one of his press conferences. And what the looks were giving him, he felt it better to play off. So, yes, the defensive coordinator is at fault. But, again, so is the defensive players. And the other thing I want to say, you have to remember – you know, everyone loves Jim Johnson and what Jim Johnson did. Of course we do. Go back and look at his defenses when he was with the Indianapolis Colts. He was bad. And he was fired from the Indianapolis Colts. But that's so, my point. <laughs> it, it, I understand. But my thing is, and, I, you know, I'm at fault because I was really hard, especially after last game, on Gannon. And I said it early in the year with Sirianni when everyone was getting on Sirianni to give him time. So I have to kind of go back on what I was was saying with Sirianni. I have to do it with Gannon too. I can't just flip flop. So you know I'm gonna. You're a Philadelphia fan. I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna own it. 
<laughs> and I will give him time. Let's see at the end of the season. Plus, also, let's see what personnel they get. You know, the draft this coming this coming draft is loaded with defensive players. You need to it attack is. the defensive side of the ball. You're going to have money to be able to sign play. Let's see what they do when they have money to get players that fit the system that he wants to run. I hear what you're saying, Johnny, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. But who are you going to hire? I'm not. I'm not even talking about the hiring aspect of it. what they Greg would Williams. do in that situation. Is if they hire, if they fire <laughs> Gannon, they will go out and they will get a a a, a senior level coach. Yeah, Jim Schwartz. Right? Well, they had one like that. Right, but they they cleaned house. They cleaned house, and Schwartz is you know doing things in Tennessee, and he's he's great. But I think that you you have to take a, a whole step back here, and if the Philadelphia Eagles continue. With the record that they have, looking only at that one specific number, the record, someone's going to get fired. Someone's going to take the fall. You cannot roll out a dud of a season and then go into next season with the exact same coaching personnel. It's not going to be Howie. We know that it's not going to be Howie. It should be. It should be Howie. It should be Howie. But it's not going to be. So someone's got to be the scapegoat, and it will be Jonathan Gannon. Is that a you like a lock? If the so we are we are whoa, what, whoa, three. Whoa. You can't be if, and you got to say no, no. Well, I'm asking how many wins we have on the season right now. Three wins. Three and six. All right. Wait, can I do something real quick? It's time for the you like a locks of the week. Who's your lock? This is you like a lock of the season. The season, though. I sorry. If we do not win six games, Jonathan Gannon will be fired. Now, what happens if that doesn't happen? What do you have to do? I don't know. My wife's already taken over for me based on these picks. That is very true. So, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm going to say something. You know, with this up, upcoming game, you know, we'll we'll have more in depth. Um, you know, on on Sunday when we do the pregame live, but uh, talking a little bit about Teddy Bridgewater and the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, you know, the offensive line issues and the injuries, and I mentioned before how, you know, injured teams seem to do well against yeah. the Eagles. But the thing is, a lot of the team that the Eagles played that had injury issues were very good teams, and, you know, their backups were probably – some of them were probably better than some of the starters on the Broncos. So, you know, getting to that point and looking at the players that are – the defensive line are what – you need Josh Sweat. You need Derek Barnett. You need these yeah. guys, you know, Hargrave and Cox, to be able to cause pressure for Bridgewater. Bridgewater isn't as elusive as he once was or really – he really wasn't really super elusive. But um, I, I just think that – I just think that people – get a little bit overboard with what Justin Herbert did last week. I don't Teddy Bridgewater is not that kind of quarterback. But is it overboard if it's already happened four other times this season? You know what I mean? Like Justin yeah. Herbert did it. And if it was just Justin Herbert, I'd be like, okay, it was just okay. Justin Herbert. So but it's been five times this season. Okay. So let me ask you this. You know, they played a team like Sam Darnold. Would you say Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater are somewhat on the same level of type of quarterback? No, no. Darnold is worse. You, so you think Teddy Bridgewater is in the upper echelon of quarterbacks? 
I think he is a middle tier. I think Sam Darnold had a chance to be placed into at least the middle tier when he went from the Jets to Carolina, and he has shown and has blown his new chance. I think that you can now make a case that Sam Darnold is in the bottom ranking of quarterbacks in the NFL. So Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater. Garoppolo. Okay. So my feeling is they got a lot of pressure on Garoppolo, and my feeling with Teddy Bridgewater is if Teddy Bridgewater is going to – to me, what they did to Dallas, it's not going to happen again. They're not going to play like that again. They're not that type of team. Dallas. Oh, you're saying what Denver did, not what the Cowboys did to us. Yes, yes, yes. yes. What Denver did to Dallas. My feeling with it is, is Dallas, every year Dallas has one of those games where they go and they absolutely lay a super egg. They, they suck it. They're terrible. And this (laughs) this is the game. No, if you look back there, they play. You're Dallas. They play in the NFC East. Of course they have a game like that. (laughs) But if you're so worried on Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to have a good game. It's not that I'm worried about Teddy Bridgewater. It's that I'm worried about all of the weapons that he has. He'll be under 70% completion. Not a chance. Is that a a lock? That's that's my lock. You're locking in that Bridgewater will be under 70% completion. Yes. Under 70. That's what I said. How many okay. times do I got to say it? Write that down. I wanted to make sure that we had an audio clip of it that we can snip and record and post it you know, somewhere. And the thing is, I'll make that mean you like a lock. So then when we do the segment, you guys can give yours. That's how confident I am. Wow. I love it. So we know it's not going to happen. But uh... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, it's my concern is that he has so many weapons. You know, we mentioned Fant. We mentioned Judy. We mentioned, you know. Uh, Melvin um, Ingram, like that, he has, or Melvin Gordon, excuse me, not Melvin Ingram, Melvin Gordon. He yeah, has Melvin all the weapons too. Yeah, Cortland Sutton, and with all of that, Teddy Bridgewater is finding success. Look, Dallas's defense is better than us. Dallas's defense is better than our defense. Mm. So what's to say that we're not going to be as on the same level? They they torch them, and that was without Noah Fant. Um, Adam, we, we can write this down. Sure. Um, you're saying between now and, um, November 12th of 2022 on some Sundays, they will compile a five sack. The only way this now is true year. is if they're not constantly calling Derek Barnett for being lined up in the neutral zone. <laughs> it's the only way that that's true. But I how is this happening? How? Penalties, one sack this year. It's no discipline you saw the eagles offense get a little more disciplined because that's sirianni's baby it's another reason why i could say that gannon could get the can because they're not getting better yeah they're not fixing the things that are fixable you know what really irritates me about gannon too everything that we heard in the preseason he does this he's versatile you're gonna see disguise I mean, we're starting to see it now, but we shouldn't be starting to see it. We've already been saying it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you think you're going to lose, we we see Nick Sirianni. He knows what his shortcomings are at every position. You have a quarterback that shouldn't be throwing 50 times a game. Great. Let's run the ball more. I would have loved to see him do it with Miles Sanders. I love the 13 personnel, though. 
I do. Mm-hmm. It looks great. But Sirianni, you know you're probably going to lose the game. Just go for it. You, they're worried about giving up these big plays, but then you are getting just absolutely torched on screens, crossers, intermediate routes. I mean, you're having like there. There's nobody. I, I listen to the Q and A show inside the birds. Uh, Jason Avant and Quinn Michael. It's one of my favorite podcasts because I love hearing player perspectives on things. Jason Avant said 90% of the time, if a defensive back smacks a receiver when he's getting off the line, it throws their brain into a frenzy. Absolutely. Smack these guys. How many times we see Jalen Rager, Devonta Smith get pushed out of bounds, then come back in. Why don't we do that? Why are we not disrupting anything? The whole We're not a physical team. We're not a physical team, Mike. Is to cause chaos, cause some freaking chaos. Not penalties for late hits and offsides and crap. So, Two notes there. So the last fire three Gannon. now I'm on the fire Gannon train chip. Oh, stop. <laughs> the last three games, the Eagles are first in the NFL. Only three penalties per game, which is the best. That that has been encouraging. I will say that because that was a major issue early on in Sirianni's tenure. But a lot of those penalties were offensive. If you recall, it was the picks on the RPOs. You but, know, guys lined up wrong. But it's the other fixed. And the other thing was. Did you see – I know there was a snapshot on Twitter, but also did you see the offensive lineman downfield four yards downfield before Herbert threw the ball and they did not call it? And that was one play that um, Sirianni went absolutely nuts about, was yelling at the res- – I forget where in the game. It was late, late in the game. Um, I actually think it was one of the final drive, actually the final drive, um, that they were downfield. And they, I think it was the throw to Steven Anderson, which got um, – I think it got like seven or eight yards. I think it might, might have been on the first and 15 or something like that. But, um, yeah, that's uh, – Yeah, Adam, Adam's right. They play off the receivers too far. That's why they can't jam them. And when you get guys who have, you know, lightning quick speed like they do, they're getting a full head of steam. Absolutely. And, you know, Pina, I, I see I see what you're saying here, right? It's a work in progress. I see your point, but I think your expectations are a bit too high. We do not have the personnel due to poor draft picks, neglect of the defense – and poor player development, 100%. But what we all wanted to see this season was player development with this coaching staff, and defensively, I haven't seen it. I've seen regression. And that, to me, is the only reason why Sirianni will get the pass and Gannon will get the can. You know, and with players that... Like, players like Davion Taylor, T.G. Edwards, and Marcus Epps, you know, those players are starting to play well. I like seeing what I'm seeing out of those. Sure. But, but they need more players to do that. But Right, exactly. Um, and with that, let's get into this. It's time for the new Lekka Locks of the week. Who's your lock? So we are live from the West End on Sunday at around 3. Because the game's 425, right? It is 325. So we'll probably go live at 3. Yeah. Um, just make life easy. Get some lunch in there. Um, so we're not going to make our official predictions tonight. Um, we will kind of go over the rundown of them, though. I know that. But we can have um, Mike give his prediction because he will not be there on Sunday. Not be there. It is my anniversary this weekend, so I will be doing that. He's being a good husband. I am, yes. Because if I want to well, come to the pregames, I need to sacrifice this. <laughs> yeah, sacrifice one. He going to do one. Um so, Mike, how did you do last week with your picks? Because you're not technically a part of our, our thing here. How Did you make picks, like, kind of consistently? Um, I didn't. 
No, I just I just picked the birds right now. I guess next season I can make picks for all the. You'll games. be on our spreadsheet. Ooh, great! It, that doesn't come with another group chat, does it? It does not. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> It does not. Now, just me posting in the group chat that I keep forgetting to put my picks in, but I luckily have picture proof, which is how at least I'm committed to them. Um, so who are you picking this week? Uh, I'm going to actually pick the birds. I'm feeling good. I think yeah, here's the thing. Wow. If they can get after Teddy B, I think it's going to be a little tighter than we think. I'm going uh, Eagles 21-17. 21-17. Oh, right. I want to see. Uh, great. Peanut's going to be at the West End. I'm going to miss it. Peanut, I love you on Birds Beer. Peanut's going to be at the West End. Adam's going to be at the West End, but Mike won't be at the West End. Damn. See? Commitment. Commitment. Exactly. Um, you like a lock right away, too? So wait, hold on, hold on. So what was the prediction? Uh, Birds twenty one, Broncos seventeen. I got excited because Peanuts coming to the West End, so I, you know, yeah, I lost all the, uh, the thing is, is, is Party Doll Dave coming? That's another. I hope not. Ask. It's a, it is a family establishment, sir. I hope not. Um, so for the season, we're just going to kind of go over this because you know, <laughs> you you do that, and then I'll go over last week's you like a lock. So in fourth right now is um, Jeremy Bridges. He's at eighty two and fifty four. He went five and nine last week. Yo, last week, guys, it was um, it was a, tough it was a weird week. It was, it was a the Broncos, right? It was a weird. I, I didn't. I picked the Cowboys. It was a weird week of football last week. So Jeremy Bridges, he's in fourth at eighty-two and fifty-four. Jeff and my wife are tied in third at uh, eighty-four and fifty-two. He went seven and seven last week. She went uh, five and nine. Then Johnny U, 87 and 49, he went six and eight last week. And I somehow still pulled out a winning record out of my ass last week. I'm in first place at 92 and 44. So it's tight, guys. It's it is tight. But we're not doing our picks right now. We're doing are you like a lock? So Johnny, again, your you like a lock that you have already made is what? I want to go over last week's. We didn't even go over last week's yet. I apologize. See, that's why it's your segment. Hold up. Go. So last week, uh, the guest that we had on, uh, Givino Borquez, had Jordan Love outduels Patrick Mahomes, which, <laughs> which actually he almost did. Actually, he kind of but it didn't it. happen. Um, I think the best thing from that game was when they showed Jordan Love's uh, mom and I think his girlfriend or something when they panned up. Uh, we did that on uh, Burning Bridges. It was you know, oh my god, that um, that's a sin. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, you had. Mike White beating Indianapolis. Unfortunately, he got hurt. So Josh Johnson almost uh, was able to outduel him. But of course, that was that did not happen. Uh, Chip, you had Minnesota under 17 points, and they did not score under 17 points. So you lost they did that not. one. Um, I had Pittsburgh with four sacks, two interceptions, and a win versus Chicago. Uh, I think he only had one interception. So I, unfortunately, it did not go, but I was close. Uh, Jason Peters did fall down and get hurt on the first play and limped off. Uh, but I think he did come back in the game. And then I think he also stayed in the game and didn't see any more limping or any type of holding his quad or anything like that. So he's lasted longer this season than I thought he would. Honestly, I, I didn't think that he'd still be playing by this point in the season. Bears is he's blocking Justin Fields blindside. That's scary. Um, yeah. But okay. my my lock for this week is Teddy Bridgewater will be under seventy percent completion percentage. So have at it, boys. I'll go. 
Teddy Bridgewater will have higher than 75% completion percentage. So if he has 71%, we both lose. Okay. All right, we'll call it a draw. <laughs> all righty. And then, Mike, it's all you. My lock is Teddy Bridgewater will play in the game. No. Um... <laughs> he will have between 71 and 74% completion percentage. <laughs> My lock is P.J. Walker steps in for Sam Darnold and throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Two. Season. I knew you would do that. Hit me. P.J. Moore. Tommy Because I've, I've had Robbie hurt. Anderson on my team, on my fantasy teams all season, and I am ready to drop his sorry ass. So 300 Ooh. yards and how many touchdowns? Two? Two. Do they win? Doesn't matter. That's true. I'm trying to give you more than one lock so you get it wrong. See that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> nice like combo lock. They're not going to win because they're playing Arizona. Yeah, don't combo lock me. I'll do whatever I want. How about that? It's well, his segment. Your, it's his segment. segment. He gets to, um. My measly yeah, I mean, little look. segment. It's what? <laughs> my measly little segment. <laughs> Let me have my end of the show little snippet before we get the hell out of here. I love yes. it. Yes. So again, we we were joined tonight by you know, let's let's just do this real quick because we haven't had the chance. Um, we were asked earlier on 30 seconds or less for each of us. What do you think of OBJ as a Ram? One year, four point two five million dollars, by the way. Yes, those are numbers. I'm just saying that's how much he's getting paid. People thought it was for the minimum, but it's not. I think they're spending a lot of money to uh, lose in the divisional round. Boom! Because they'll have a first-round bye, and then they're one and done. There's still only one football. There's still only one football, and Cooper Cup gets it a lot of the time. Robert Woods gets it a lot of the time. Van Van, um, Van Jefferson. Thank you. Van Jefferson is getting looked over again. Tyler Higby. I mean, there are too many other weapons. OBJ, like that's cool. They're gonna force it to him, but he's not gonna he's gonna get the ball less than he got it in Cleveland. Deshaun Jackson will get the ball more in Vegas than OBJ will get in LA. Ooh. Uh yeah, that's no, a good one. No, I like that actually. I like that a lot. What about um Cam Newton to the Panthers? Any thoughts on that? 30 seconds or less. Uh because he'll yeah. be starting next week. It doesn't matter what PJ Walker does there, Mike, Mr. 300. He'll he be, will be starting he'll, next week. He'll be marginally better than Sam Darnold. And really, how good is that? It's not great, Bob. <laughs> um, sure. I don't I don't know. It just Matt Rule will, will be done by the end of the year. He's gonna go back to college. And yeah, gonna, and he's gonna coach Penn State when no, Drew I had to put I had to put no, it in. We don't want that to happen because Drew Allar is coming in. He's a five-star recruit. Oh, here we go. He's, he's recruited go to now. James Franklin. You want James Franklin to stay. Stop. Stop I know it would rally up. That's why I said it. See, look at that. James Franklin is staying. Y'all stop it. Um, he, needs- he ain't getting canned. He's not getting canned. So anyway, here's the deal. Again, this is Thursday night, so it's a little bit weird. We have to remember these things. Yeah. Um, tomorrow is Birds, Beers, and BS. Uh, so Peanut will uh, be showing off Party Doll Dave. Sunday, we'll be live from the West End for the pregame and maybe do a postgame depending on the game. Um, if it was ugly, I don't think we're going to go live because it hurts my feelings to talk about it too much. Monday is chips and dish. Tuesday is burning bridges. Wednesday early evening is the weekly pickoff now with the wife because she's awake. Um, and then Wednesday night, we're back with the, uh, all about the birds weekly report. So 
Is it maybe she's not awake because she's listening to you and you bore her to sleep? And that why, you know, and, you know, a little bit later doesn't work. Well, um, so as we uh, wrap up the show, uh, Johnny just disappeared. I don't know what seemed to have happened. <laughs> oh, oh, look, I'm back. Oh, look, I'm back. Um, I'm like a nightmare. I keep, I keep coming back. No, we, we wake up at like 5, 5.15 in the morning to work out. So by that point, I mean, it's, it's, it's just too damn late. Um, I am kind of one of these natural, always energetic fellows. Yeah, I've, so. I've, I've come to see that. <laughs> you bring the electricity. Uh, with that being said, gentlemen, it has been fun. It has been real. Hell, it's even been real fun. Uh, we will be, again, live from the West End in Quakertown at around 3 o'clock on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. And uh, as we end every show here on the All About the Birds Network, I'm Chip. That's Johnny. That's Mike. This is Adam. This is Peanut. And we are out of here. Go, Go birds. birds. Go birds. Go birds.